When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Billboard's Senior Director of Charts. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Executive Digital Director, West Coast. Hello, Katie. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. How about yourself, Keith? I'm good. Um, lots of uh, lots of exciting news in the world of mothers-to-be this week. We're going to briefly mention how we warmly send congratulations to Rihanna, who I mean, is is with child. Perhaps. Why does anyone else bother having a baby if Rihanna and ASAP Rocky are having one? You know, it's going to be one. It's going to be one beautiful and uh, talented child, fashionable child as well. That too. Um, uh, well, as always, the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we are talking all about Bruno, as we don't Mm -hmm. talk about Bruno from the Disney animated film Encanto. Hits number one on the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart. It's the first number one for a song released by Walt Disney Records and the second number one ever from a Disney animated film. Plus, the Encanto soundtrack holds steady at number one for a third non-consecutive week on the Billboard 200 Albums chart. Hey, congrats to our guest from last week, Lin-Manuel, on all of that. Uh, also on the show, we are breaking down all the shortlisted entries in the Best Original Song and Best Original Score categories at the 2022 Oscars, ahead of nominations being announced next week. You might hear Lin-Manuel's name again. Will Jay-Z and Beyonce face off in the song category? Will Billie Eilish and Phineas's No Time to Die be the seventh James Bond theme to vie for an Oscar? We'll talk about all this and much more coming up. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. All right, let's do the chart chat. Uh, first up, actually, first up, I'm going to mention there's a in, in case in case the audio sounds wonky this week. I always do this because I'm overly obsessive, but there's like a noise happening outside and i can't stop it but we have listen to we're the just show. regular people working from our homes you know someday we're, we'll be back in the office together recording from a very professional studio but sure. today is not that day okay 2025 <laughs> baby that's when i'm pegging it 2025 right, right, right. <laughs> when, we'll, we'll be in a different office by that point You're right <laughs> well first up as billboard hot 100 chart manager gary truss writes on billboard.com this week we Don't Talk About Bruno from Disney's Encanto makes a magical move to number one on the Hot 100 Fantastical. Chart. Fantastical. Enchanted move. <laughs> the ensemble song by a number of people, and I'm going to say their names and probably mispronounce a few of them. So I'm, I'm going ready. to try. Uh, Carolina Gatan. I think you've already failed. <laughs> Shoot. Carolina? Carolina Gatan. Maro Castillo. Adasa. Renzi Felice, Diane Guerrero, Stephanie Beatriz, and the Encanto cast. Thank you, Katie. <laughs> no problem. 
problem. <laughs> rises from the Hot 100's runner-up spot and becomes just the second number one ever from a Disney animated film and the first number one released on Walt Disney Records. The only other number one from a Disney animated film is A Whole New World by Peebo Bryson and Regina Bell from the film Aladdin in 1993. You might be saying, Keith, Katie, wait, if A Whole New World is from the Disney movie Aladdin, how was that not on Walt Disney Records? Well, I I had those questions when I read Gary's article yesterday, but Gary, he spells it out. So, Keith, what's the deal? It's funny because I actually helped suggest him to spell that out. Ah. Um, because the it was kind of normal back in the day, in the 90s, when you'd have a big Walt Disney movie or Walt Disney Records soundtrack, that the hit single that was usually recorded by a contemporary pop artist, not the version you heard like in the context of the film, uh, would be released by a different record label, usually the label that that artist was on. So mm-hmm. Peebo Bryson and Regina Bell covered A Whole New World, um, which I think you actually hear in the end credits of the film. Yes. And they released it as a proper single, but it was on Columbia Records, not on Walt Disney Records. So, but now it's a lot different. Now you actually, you know, may, if there is a pop cover on a Disney Records soundtrack, like say when Panic at the Disco covered Into the Unknown on one of the Frozen albums, it was still on Walt Disney Records. Well, and when I heard that they're about to, uh, not to get ahead of us, but when I heard that they're about to push Bruno to radio, I was thinking what a, you know, a pop cover of We Don't Talk About Bruno would look like, given that it's so many different characters. It's not like, it's not like Alessia Cara can come in and just cover it or whatever. But um, uh, I'd like to see her try. I don't know. We don't don't talk about Bruno. (laughs) Oh, I actually, Ari would like nail it. She would nail it. She would do all the voices. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen, though. I don't think that they're going to go that route. They don't need to. They Oh, no, they're not going that route. But they're literally, they are pushing this song to oh, radio, yes. which is a wacky song. I mean, the idea of like listening to Kiss FM and hearing Ariana Grande and then we don't talk about Bruno is kind of thrilling, but also completely wacky. I don't know. It's probably many households right now. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, that that's our literal house. Yes. Um, well, Back to Bruno. It's also the first number one for the track's sole songwriter and friend of the podcast, last week's Mm. guest, Lin-Manuel Miranda. He and Mike Elizondo produced the song and earned their first and second trips to number one, respectively, as producers. Elizondo previously produced the number one hit In the Club by 50 Cent. I just love this. I love I love this fact so much. Two number ones on that 100 and they are In the Club and... We don't talk about Bruno. It's it's, it's magical and fantastical. <laughs> it's it's diversity. It's it's it's, it's, I love an, it. it's it's yeah, a little bit of everything. Uh, further, Bruno has the most credited artists ever on a number one single, surpassing the five acts credited on "I'm the One" in 2017, which had five billed artists, and that song was credited to DJ Khaled, featuring Justin Bieber, Quavo. Chance the Rapper, and Lil Wayne. So just to refresh everyone's memory, how many people are on Encanto? One, two, three, four, five, six. Six individuals plus the Encanto cast. So Yeah, and as Gary mentioned in his article yesterday, um, or Monday, I should say, on Billboard.com, uh, something like We Are the World, you're like, wait a second, there were so many more people, but that was billed, what, USA for Africa? Is that what yep. it was? Yeah, yep. so... 
yeah, the, it's it's a little bit of a technicality, but it's still a fun chart stat. You know, I wonder if they had made We Are the World in 2022, oh. would it be credited to 21 different people? Yes, it would. Yeah. It's like <laughs> Actually, Kim Carnes wants that number one, baby. What did they do when they did um, the one for Haiti? Like more than a decade ago. It, it, it was called... Um, Oh, you mean the with like Justin Bieber and it was like we are the world and then the year, whatever the year. I think it was called Artists for Haiti or something like that. So they I I guess they didn't do it then. But I feel like it is a little bit different of an era and people understand like charts a little little bit better. Maybe you're a little more savvy about those sorts of things. Yeah, But if it's like a charity thing, I think you might put that aside because then it looks kind of craven. Yeah, that's fair. Well, as always, the Hot 100 blends airplay, streams, and sales data to rank the 100 most popular songs of the week in the United States. And in the week ending January 27th, Bruno earned 34.9 million U.S. streams. That's up 8%. 1.5 million radio airplay audience impressions. That was up 239%, That though that's still like a tiny, tiny, tiny amount of radio airplay because radio isn't really playing the song. And it sold a little over 12,000 downloads, up 32%. That was aided by a 69 cent discount price on the single in the iTunes store. And all that is, of course, according to MRC data. Also, the Encanto news doesn't stop there, as the soundtrack spends a third non-consecutive week at number one on the Billboard 200 albums chart. And in the last 10 years, only four soundtracks have spent at least three weeks at number one on the Billboard 200. We have Encanto with three, Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper's A Star is Born with four, Black Panther, the album, with three, and Frozen with 13. So uh, some pretty stellar company that Encanto is in. I'd say, um, you know, let's let's keep talking about Encanto. Why don't we? <laughs> OK, <laughs> because the 2022 Oscar nominations will be unveiled next week on February 8th. And with the help of Billboard's awards editor, Paul Grine, we wanted to take a closer look at the possible nominees in the categories that we care about the most, which are best original song and best original score. So we're going to start with best song, which is obviously the like, you know, A-list starrier uh, category and the one Billboard loves to, lo- to look closely at. This is the one I mentioned in the intro that there is a possibility that Beyonce and Jay-Z could face off in this category, which would be quite magical. Um, there's that magical word again. I'm going to stop using that this show. Okay. Um, but uh Uh, As Paul noted in his original article about the shortlisted songs for best original song, uh, if they were both nominated, it would mark the first time in Oscar history that a married couple has competed against one another in any category, not just best original song, just a married couple competing in any category in the history of the Oscars. Wow. That makes sense when you when you step back and think typically married couples would operate as collaborators. And so they'd be competing in the same category or they wouldn't be competing. They'd be, you know, on the same song. I mean, yeah, but there also could have been a time when like Nicole Kimmon and Tom Cruise would have been nominated. Uh, no, well, they wouldn't have been in the same category. They wouldn't have been. Would have been actress, actor. More oh, likely. See, I, the example that I thought like of was. Best picture or something. Remember, um, wasn't James Cameron married to um, the woman who directed The Hurt Locker? Yes, and they were both nominated for Best Picture because they were both, or directors, I think. But they weren't married. They weren't married at that time. They competed. No. So that, I think that wow. that's sort of the technicality. 
Yeah, so it's it, it, that yeah. is a very fun possibility, but we actually asked Paul to give us his predictions. Um, so these these kind of musts and probabilities and things we're going to share are courtesy of Paul. Um, and he doesn't think this is going to happen. That's This is not in his formula of things that are super likely to happen because for his musts in the best original song category, he starts it out with, no Time to Die, which is, of course, uh, Billie Eilish's and Phineas's James Bond theme from the film of the same name. Um, and yeah, uh, Keith, this song has kind of been kicking around for a while because well, the movie got had a few false starts. Yeah, it, uh, I note it. This song is so old that we actually <laughs> talked to Phineas about it in January of 2020 when he Whoa. was... When he was a guest for our our Grammy um, preview, our Grammy preview in 2020, and when I he went on to win five Grammys that night, I believe, <laughs> actually, yeah. So yeah, we we <laughs> we that the, this this song is old, but at the time, I just want to point out that on the podcast, he said um, that they had all, that he and Billy had always wanted to do a James Bond theme song, and they called it a legendary franchise, and they said that they had to convince a lot of people that they were the right choice. So. I, clearly, it worked out just fine. I'd say getting shortlisted for the Oscar and, you know, being at the, kind of the top of the list for the musts from uh, our awards editor and other awards prognosticators seems like they made a good choice. Um, it is a great song. And, and like Keith said, it was talked about in January 2020. It actually came out long before the movie itself did. But because the movie's release, that's like what the Oscars is basing eligibility on. And that's why it's um, and now being talked about for the 2022 Oscars. So moving on to the next song, another familiar one for the podcast. We have um, Dos Ortiguitas, which is written by Lin-Manuel Miranda, solely by our guest last week on the podcast, Lin-Manuel. And uh, just last week, he told us that the song was the heart of Encanto. Um, and this was the one and only song that was submitted for the Oscars um, eligibility. And given how popular this music is, it feels pretty like rock solid to put this in the top of the, you know, the pile for, you know, who could actually get one of those nominations next week. Don't you think, Keith? I do. But I also wonder is the fact that it's not we don't talk about Bruno going to hurt it. You know, I mean, I okay. think that's that's the obvious pink elephant in the room. And we we carefully kind of asked Lynn about that because they didn't have to only submit one song. They could have submitted more than one. I think yeah, there was a I cap actually, on how many. I think I said something wrong in the last um, the last time we talked about this, because I think you can actually submit five from the same movie. Yeah. So moving along, though. So I, I let me just say. Yeah. They could have submitted more than one. Yes. What we are assuming is they only submitted one because they didn't want to possibly split votes between different songs, which is a strategic thing to do that lots of other film studios and movies do all the time. Um, and as Lin-Manuel acknowledged himself last week, he did not have the information that we now have about how successful we don't talk about Bruno and surface pressure the two biggest hits, the top 10 Hot 100 hits from the movie are like he didn't know that that was they how it was going to play song, out. I think before the movie even came out. Yeah. And the movie how came out know? Thanksgiving weekend. I believe they submitted it in early November. So, yeah, it's it's I'm you know, that is a thankless task. I would imagine picking the one. And like he said, he had a personal emotional connection to this one. 
Uh, his wife made his wife cry. He said in previous interviews, it's the first song that he's ever written in Spanish, as opposed to translating from English to Spanish. He wrote it in Spanish lyrics. So there's a lot of like personal connection. Um, and it's a beautiful song. Honestly, like it's easy for us to say like, but the hits because we work at Billboard. <laughs> but Dos Origuitas is a beautiful song that does really encapsulate the uh, the family story and the empathy of the story, like Lynn said. So I I feel like even though it's not the hit, it still is super likely to get one of these uh, nominations next week. Um, so those are the two. Paul only gave us two must. Keith, do you want to talk about the the probabilities that that Paul laid out? Sure. Uh, he gave us three. Uh, he said that here I am singing my way home from the film Respect, written by Jamie Alexander Hartman, Jennifer Hudson, and Carol King is a possibility. Guns Go Bang from The Harder They Fall, written by James Samuel, Scott Mascuti, which is actually Kid Cudi, so yeah. I just probably, yeah. Um, and <laughs> Sean Carter, a.k.a. Jay-Z, and Be Alive from King Richard, written by Beyonce and Dixon. So those are the three that he says are probably going to get nominated, which means that Jay-Z and Beyonce could be nominated alongside one another because, well, therefore, they're going to love the fact that that's going to be an, an, an amazing evening together. And they uh, that's would an amazing as, story, too. I mean, yeah, come on. Um, did you want to run down, like, maybe, should we mention the ones that are, like, might not get a nomination? Yeah, although I do want to say, just in what you just said, there's so much star power. Like, you know, sometimes you go years when you don't know all the, you know, the people involved. It's a lot of film composers or things, like, maybe songwriters like Diane Warren are involved, you know, so you know their name. But the fact that you just listed, like, Jennifer Hudson's a co-writer on the Respect song, Kid Cudi and Jay-Z on the Harder They Fall song, Beyonce on the King Richard song, like, the star power is in the songwriting uh as well as in the performing um which is we, not always the case yes but we also frankly could i mean though this is what paul thinks might get yeah. nominated there are lesser known folks that could throw a curveball and get nominated yeah it happens all the time and so i so saying this now like he's saying those two those sort of guitars and no time to die are the he, he feels like those are the guarantees. I think everything else is kind of in play. Like yeah. that means like Diane Warren could get a nomination this year, acing out Beyonce could actually. Um, yeah, this is true. And yeah. uh, let me let's talk about he did. He wanted to highlight four other strong entries that could get squeezed out by all the previous things we just said. And those were Van Morrison's Down to Joy from Belfast. So May We Start, uh, written by Ron Mayall and Russell Mayall from Annette. Uh, Just Look Up from Don't Look Up, which is written once again by Kid Cudi, Ariana Grande, Nicholas Brattel, and Tora Stinson. And did I say that's from that? That's from the Netflix movie Don't Look Up. And then uh, Right Where I Belong, which was written by Jim James and Brian Wilson, which is from Brian Wilson, Long Promised Road. Again, names you recognize. Star in Power. That bunch. Van, Mo yeah. Van Morrison, Ariana Grande, Kid Cudi, and Brian Wilson all mentioned in like less than 20 seconds. Yes. And what'll be interesting is once the nominations come out, um, I've been looking at a particular statistic that I will not talk about now, but mm -hmm. there could be a really, really interesting stat that comes have out. Have you been talking to Paul about it? Does Paul I know? Have. 
Okay. I, weeks okay. ago, I did. Weeks ago. So <laughs> should right, we we'll should see. we move on to score? We will. Just FYI, there are a total of uh, I think fifteen shortlisted songs in both of these categories. We are not um, getting. We're not listing every single one. We just told you the big ones. Um, uh, so for best original score, we have the musts, which this time Paul gave us four musts. So let's just run through those. And again, this is this is not the star power category. So we're just going to run through this real quick. Shade. Uh, sorry. The Power of the Dog from Johnny Greenwood. Dune from Hans Zimmer. The French Dispatch of the Liberty Kansas Evening Sun by Alexander de Plat. And I always am forced to pronounce his name every year and probably butcher it. Yeah, it's not Des Platt, but it, maybe it's De Pla, and I shouldn't have pronounced that T. And finally, uh, Don't Look Up from Nicholas Brattel. So there's something I didn't mention there, Keith. What did I not mention in that must section? The very the first one? thing in in key, in uh, Paul's will probably round out the field oh. section. Well, Paul suggests that there is probably something that will round out the field, but he's not 100% sure. Encanto. And, yeah. uh that score is by, I'm probably going to pronounce her name wrong. It's Jermaine Franco. That's what I would have said. Notably, she was the first Latina composer to join the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences music branch in 2016. And if she's nominated, she will be a rare example of a woman nominated for best score. Like, I think less than 10 women have ever been nominated for best original score. Wow. And so he thinks that uh, Encanto will earn that last spot, which would mean that Hans Zimmer's other score this year, No Time to Die, would get pushed out. Did I say other score? Yeah, that's right. Dune. He did Dune as well. So uh, we'll see what that how that plays out. Um, one more quick run through the other strong scores that he wanted to point out. Being the Ricardos, The Green Knight, The Harder They Fall, King Richard, Parallel Mothers, Spencer, and The Tragedy of Macbeth. Uh, the... There's a lot of tough decisions that are going to be made, Um, but we'll be watching that because, like I said, there's so many names that we talk about every week on this podcast who are involved in this race. Funny, there's actually a path to where Hans Zimmer could be up against Hans Zimmer and Johnny Greenwood could be up against Johnny Greenwood because they both have two scores that are each shortlisted. And there's a path where Kid Cudi could be up against Kid Cudi in the best original song category as well. Yeah, there you go. Um, all right. Well, now it's time for the chart stat of the week. In light of the Academy Award nominations just around the corner, it's time for another round of Quiz KD. I wondered why there was no chart stat here. Keith thought you were hiding it from me. Katie, which of these five performers that have all either had a number one song on the Hot 100 or a number one album on the Billboard 200 have not been nominated for an Oscar. Okay. In any category. Okay. okay. In alphabetical order, by last mm-hmm. name, we have mm-hmm. David Bowie. He led the Hot 100 twice with Fame and Let's Dance, and he topped the Billboard 200 posthumously with Black Star in 2016. Janet Jackson, who has notched 10 number ones on the Hot 100 and seven number ones on the Billboard 200. Shirley Jones. She landed a number one on the Hot 100 thanks to her starring role in the 1970s musical sitcom The Partridge Family. The song I Think I Love You hit number one in 1970 and was credited to The Partridge Family starring Shirley Jones featuring David Cassidy. John Travolta, who topped the Hot 100 in 1978 with You're the One That I Want, a duet with Olivia Newton-John from the film Grease. And finally, 
Marky Mark Wahlberg, who topped the Hot 100 in 1991 with Good Vibrations with The Funky Bunch featuring Lolita Holloway. Which of those, David Bowie, Janet Jackson, Shirley Jones, John Travolta, and Marky Mark Wahlberg have not been nominated for an Academy Award? I can't tell you what four of these people have been nominated for. I can tell you that much. So I don't, I do not know the answer to this question. So I'm just going to have to take a stab in the dark. Um, And I'm going to guess Janet Jackson. Janet Jackson was nominated for Best Original Song for, again, from the film Poetic Justice. Oh, Poetic Justice. Man, great song, too. I didn't know Again again was written for Poetic Justice. Did not know that. Um, Indeed. David Bowie? You are correct. David Bowie has never been nominated for an Academy Award. All right. But you might Um, be wondering, hey, wait, how did Marky Mark get nominated for an Oscar? Yeah, let's talk it out. Let's talk it out. Was he a producer? producer and an actor he was nominated for actor in a supporting role for the departed and he was nominated for best picture as a producer on the fighter okay how about uh travolta for pulp fiction travolta was nominated uh for best actor twice for saturday night fever and for pulp fiction okay and to round this out shirley jones was nominated for best actress in a supporting role for elmer gantry and she actually won the oscar Oh, dang. Okay. Oscar Oscar winner, Mrs. Partridge. She was she was an Oscar winner for in for the year 1960. And then 10 years later, she topped the Hot 100 as part of the Partridge family. That's incredible. I I like I like that career trajectory. That's fun. All right. What song (laughs) should we go out on uh, this week, Katie? Oh, man. Um, Something by Neil Young, who's in the news lately because of his. a uh, reaction to Joe Rogan and Spotify. I mean, Something by Rihanna because of sure, baby I, If news. you can, can, can we find a Neil Young song to play through one of the other services? Um, I would love to hear Harvest Moon to end our podcast. We will <laughs> go out on that. Hopefully we won't get a takedown notice and we'll see you guys next week. <laughs> Bye. On this heart.